The inaugural ACC SEC Challenge kicks off tonight. Now, historically, the ACC would have dominated such an event. But folks, this ain't your grandma's era of college basketball. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. We want to thank you everydayers for joining us to get your first listener watch and your best college basketball content every single day. If you want to hang out with Andy and myself more, we'd love to have you join our Discord where we're talking college basketball all day long. The link is in the show notes. Speaking of which, this is your guy, Andy Patton. I'm Isaac Shade. We're your co-hosts, and I cannot tell you how much we love hanging out with you all talking college basketball all the time. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Andy, it's Tuesday and that means it's time for Trivia Tuesday. The way this works, folks, uh, one of us poses a trivia question to the other and then we'll answer it at the end of the show so that you and we have time to think about the answer. So, Andy, we're talking about the ACC-SE Challenge. The reason we're doing so is because of the now defunct ACC Big Ten Challenge. We'll talk more about that in a second. But here's my question to you, Mr. Patton. In the 24 years, yes, it lasted that long, of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which five teams had the most wins? And they could come from either conference. So you got a whole slew of teams to choose from. I've got the answers ready for Andy. We'll look at it at the end of the show. All right, Andy, ACC SEC Challenge. It's the inaugural event. Coming up on the show later, we're going to prime uh, prime us all for both nights, Tuesday and Wednesday. we got 14 total games. Uh, there are all 14 SEC schools are participating. 14 of the 15 ACC school. I guess it would have been, I guess they could have brought two teams together maybe and gotten them all in. But, uh, you know, you add Louisville and somebody and you might still not be able to win. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Louisville is that ACC team that gets left out. Unfortunately, it's wild that that's true. But it, it's obvious that that's the team you leave out this year. I, I hate to say it. So, Andy, this happens. Um, or it comes together for the first time because we've had some changes. What are those and why are we getting this ACC-SEC challenge? Yeah, it's it, first of all, I'm excited about the ACC-SEC challenge. I'm also still kind of chuckling at you saying this is not your grandma's college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, trying to picture what that would have looked like. And certainly like Larry Johnson. You remember those old, the Grandma Ma commercial? <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, so yeah, so ACC-SEC challenge coming together because the ACC Big Ten challenge has ended thanks to ESPN. We all know that media companies are basically running college athletics. They're basically running professional athletics. I, mean, I thought we were. Well at this point. Uh, so this, this ended because ESPN lost its media rights deal with the Big Ten. That was announced last year, almost exactly, in fact, exactly a year ago, as people are listening to this show, one year ago, that ESPN deal ended, the ACC Big Ten challenge ended, SEC Big 12 challenge ended as well because ESPN decided they wanted to do an ACC-SEC uh, challenge and that's what we're getting here Tuesday Wednesday uh, bummer about the ACC Big Ten bummer about the SEC Big 12 both of those were incredibly fun but yeah. I think this is gonna be pretty fun too and it's it's interesting because 15 years ago 20 years ago heck even 10 years ago really I don't think you'd have this conversation 
at that time, you'd be looking at this and being like, okay, well, Kentucky has a pretty good chance of beating, you know, Duke or Carolina or whatever blue blood team they'd probably play. But the rest of the SEC wasn't there. And yet now in 2023, when we have this conversation about this challenge, it's, you know, it's more about what is this going to mean for the SEC? And can the ACC prove that they can hang with the SEC? That sentence sounds ludicrous if you say it in 2005. Like, it's insane that that's the conversation we're having now of, like, all of these great SEC teams, not just Kentucky, but, of course, Alabama. And we'll see about Arkansas. They've been a little inconsistent, but Mississippi State's been in that conversation. Auburn's been in that conversation. Like, there is this really great group of SEC teams. And there's really quality programs in the ACC as well, but the, the depth is definitely favoring the SEC. And as we get into these individual matchups, that's kind of what's going to shake out. And and it's just, a again, it's an interesting conversation because – Again, that, that's not SEC has been so football dominated that it's kind of surprising that they're not only even in this kind of challenge, but probably favored to win it. Andy, I've been trying to think about like what could lead to something like this where we have this influx. I think mm-hmm. one of the big things we've talked about in college athletics in general, you talked about the the media deals and TV mm-hmm. money driving it. I'm wondering if because we look at it and it's the Big Ten and the SEC that are the big daddies right now. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it is this media money where in an era of transfer portal and NIL stuff, Mm -hmm. players are like, you know what? I want to go play where the most money is. Let's go to an SEC school. Now, you know, for one reason or another, maybe that's not translating at the same level for the Big Ten. So maybe that that's not it. But I have to feel like that's got something to do with it. Right. I think a big yes, I I agree with you. But I also think a big part of it is just some really good coaching hires in the SEC. Nate Oates is a fantastic coach, you know, to pluck him from Buffalo and bring him in for Alabama. Like, you know, aside of some of the other off the court stuff, like he is a very, very good X's and O's basketball coach. Eric Musselman, after his success at Nevada, he's a great coach as well. And this Arkansas team, again, is a little inconsistent. But I mean, that that team has been making deep runs in the NCAA tournament because of Coach Muss. And and Bruce Pearl's a great coach at Auburn. Like, I I think you look at those programs in particular as programs that are kind of on the on the up and up. And, And, you know, and I think Todd Golden is a great hire at Florida. Like, I think that there's there's money. And I think that that does relate to the money. Like players want to go play at places that have money. They want to go play in the SEC. I think that's relevant. But I also think these schools have these huge budgets. These media deals are massive and they can go pay top dollar to bring in the best coaches. And it doesn't always work. And we'll see some of these programs brought in coaches that they were expecting big things from, and it hasn't happened yet. But for the most part, I think these SEC schools have have really hit on a couple of key coaching moves. And that's why you're starting to see five, six, seven uh, programs in this conference in the top 25. And I mean, you didn't even get to like, and I know you weren't intentionally leaving these people out, but you didn't even say like Rick Barnes. Yeah, you, you yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's someone at Old Miss now that, uh, you know, like yeah. everything else aside, Chris Beard is a phenomenal yeah. basketball coach, Andy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that is a great point. Like mm-hmm. the, the coaches in this league, especially at a time we're comparing it to the ACC when the ACC is kind of in flux because you lose a Bayheim, you lose a K, you lose a Roy Williams. And you're, you're, I think we're on the verge of Leonard Hamilton being done and coach Mm -hmm. Larinaga being done. Right. And where these sec guys still got a good long tenure ahead of them. So Mm -hmm. that's interesting. Now um, at Ken Palm right now, the sec is ranked as the third best team in the country, but it's like uh, in terms of efficiency, less than it's like four tenths of a point behind the big East while the big 12 is far ahead. But the ACC right now is dead last 
amongst the Power Six conferences, Andy, and there's a pretty good gap from them up to the Pac-12. And so, you know, while the SEC is trying to prove it's in lockstep with the Big 12, the ACC is just trying to say, hey, can we not be viewed as the the worst, worst, respectively speaking, um, of the Power Six conferences? And that is wild to think about. Now, I continue to say that's because of how many teams you have in the ACC. Yeah. And right now you got these bottom feeders that are like, I'm going out of the frame bottom feeders because it's so bad. Yeah. And that's where things are at there. Um, I, speaking of, as I went down, I realized that I don't have my podcasting microphone set up in front of me. And so while you talk for a minute, I'm going to set that up. Yeah, I, th- I think the ACC is definitely being dragged down. Like in this tournament in particular, Louisville's not going to play. That's probably going to help them in terms of their overall just performance and, and perception for the league, uh, which is also a wild statement to be making because Louisville has historically been one of the best programs. But we don't need to litigate a whole lot more about what's going on with Kenny Payne and the Cardinals. It's just not working. But outside of that, like Notre Dame has has not figured it out yet. They have a new coach. Maybe that'll turn things around for them. Same with Georgia Tech. They haven't looked particularly good so far under Damon Stoudemire, but that's the kind of thing that could potentially change. And then, of course, you've got a team like Syracuse who's just uh, still kind of in that transition period after Bayheim left. I think Syracuse is a quality team. I, I think that they're – a program. I mean, they're they're playing LSU. We'll talk about that matchup. I'm pretty intrigued by that. Uh, but Syracuse is the kind of team where, in a year or two, if they're back in that top three, top four, top five conversation in the ACC, like that's going to help kind of elevate the top level of this league. But between those teams struggling, between Florida State not really figuring it out, like you just have a, a top heavy conference that doesn't have the depth that the SEC does, you know, in that kind of group five through eight uh, among their teams. And I think that's what's ultimately going to bear out uh, in these contests, which is frankly what I want to talk about now. Let's get into these individual matchups. We got a fantastic slate of games on Tuesday featuring an epic battle, perhaps the most fun game of these two days of basketball between Miami and Kentucky. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, FanDuel. Folks, as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any single winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 in your pocket if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is really, really easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. We're going to get into more of the betting lines uh, from FanDuel uh, in a moment. I will tell you that FanDuel's got Kentucky favored by four and a half points in that Miami game. We'll talk about how we feel about that. Syracuse is also favored barely over LSU. We'll talk about that as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get in on the action this college basketball season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team uh, faster and for free. It's critically important for the success of your business to have a pool of quality candidates to interview. And thankfully, 
LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to find them. It's not another just job board at LinkedIn Jobs. They have a vast network of more than a billion. Yes, that's B, billion professionals, making it the best place to hire, which is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. But thankfully, with LinkedIn Jobs, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and oh boy, it's easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even quicker than now. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Andy, you just mentioned it, but now we're going to move into the actual matchups. 14 games, seven tomorrow on Wednesday. We'll get to those in a second. And seven tonight, Tuesday. You already said it, but the highlight for me is Miami at Kentucky. Let me read off all seven of these, and then we'll look at it. Um, And we're going to go in kind of chronological order, man. They're all chunked at a time, so hopefully you got that YouTube TV multi-view feature. Uh, First game. Number 19, uh, by the way, these rankings are our locked on rankings, not the AP rankings. So number 19, Mississippi State at Georgia Tech, 7 Eastern on ACC Network, Mississippi State favored by nine and a half. Also in that seven o'clock window, Notre Dame at South Carolina on SEC Network, Gamecocks by nine and a half. And one more game in that uh, in that time window, LSU at Syracuse, 7 Eastern on ESPN2, Orange by one and a half. Half an hour later, the crown jewel of Tuesday night, number 10 Miami at number 15 Kentucky inside Rupp, where I once saw Taylor Swift perform, 7.30 Eastern on ESPN, of course. That one, as Andy just said, is Wildcats by four and a half. Um, And then we get kind of uh, one more in that same window, Mizzou at Pitt, 7.30 on ESPNU, Panthers favored by five and a half. And then the two nightcap games, NC State at Ole Miss, 9 Eastern on ESPN2. Ole Miss is favored by a point and a half in that one. And then the nightcap, uh, the latest tip of Tuesday night, my second favorite game of this win, uh, of Tuesday night, Clemson at number 23, Alabama, 9.30 Eastern. Thankfully, neither of us live in Eastern time on ESPN. Bama favored by nine and a half. Andy, what's going to be more exciting, one of these games or that time I saw Travis Kelsey's girlfriend perform inside the rep arena? <laughs> It's hard to bet against Miami at Kentucky. That is going to be a fantastic, fantastic basketball game. Two high-octane offenses, two really talented teams, uh, somewhat new-look teams. Obviously, Miami returns Norchad O'Meara. They return Nigel Pack. Uh, they return Wuga Poplar, who's kind of turned into a, a more of a player, more of a performer for them than they've had him be in the past, especially with Jordan Miller out the door, uh, with Isaiah Wong out the door. He's kind of stepped into a bigger role. Yes. I'm really excited to see how Kentucky, especially at home, how they handle this Miami team. Uh, Kentucky hasn't they're, – they're tested now. They were, you know, fairly untested. They played really well in that Kansas game. We've seen them have some phenomenal performances. They put up nearly 120 points on Marshall. And yes, Marshall's not a great team, but they're also like, this is not like a three a team in the 350s at Ken Palm. Like this is a decent mid-major team that Kentucky just scored on at will. Uh, they scored a lot of points this season. They've also given up 
a lot of points this season. I think that's what's going to make this Miami-Kentucky game so exciting is both these teams can score in bunches. And I'm really excited to see how this really freshman deep program for John Calipari. How does Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, uh, Justin Edwards, Reed Shepard, how do these guys look against Miami's more experienced roster? I think it's going to be a a really compelling storyline for this one. Here's the thing I'm watching for in this game, Andy, is Kentucky 17th right now at Ken Palm. It's largely on the back of their offense, which is rated Mm -hmm. sixth in the nation at Ken Palm. The defense, though, Andy, 65th in the nation at Ken Palm. That is an issue to me, and here's why. Miami, listen to how balanced their scoring is. Wooga Poplar, 18. Matthew Cleveland, 16.8. Nigel Pack, 16. Norchad O'Meara, 15.8. Bensley Joseph, 11.6. Now, it craters after that. After Bensley Joseph's 11.6, A.J. Casey is the sixth leading scorer at 3.2. Wow. But I say, I give you that to say with the starting five because you got to account for everyone. And mm-hmm. Kentucky hasn't shown a capability of doing that. But guess what, Andy? Turnabout is fair play. You look at Miami's Ken Palm numbers, mm-hmm. 11th in offense. So another elite offense. Their defense is ranked 100th. So even lower than Kentucky's by like 30-some. First to 95 wins, it feels like. That's exactly right. It's just like that. that's part of why Kentucky scored so many against Marshall Mm -hmm. is because they're another run-and-gun team. I didn't look at the tempo on these teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miami's 137th. Kentucky's 94th. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to be wildly, wildly up and down. But Mm -hmm. I I think your call is right. Like, first team, the 95, congrats. You're walking out of Rupp Arena and putting your head down on the pillow a winner at night on uh, tonight. Yeah, really fantastic game there. There's a couple other ones that intrigue me too. Uh, I think that obviously the, the way that these are seated is based on like last year's record. And so certainly most of the matchups are fairly evenly matched. There's a few that kind of stand out. Mississippi State is probably wishing they drew a better team than Georgia Tech. No disrespect to, to Damon Stoudemire and the Yellow Jackets, but that team just hasn't looked particularly <laughs> good. Meanwhile, Mississippi State, we have them as a top 20 team. They're kind of right in that top 25 conversation. Uh, they should take care of business. It's a true road game for them. So it's still going to help boost them a little bit, but I expect them to to probably win that one but that's oh, still man. a game that that kind of stands out to me just because like it would have been cool if they got a chance to play like Pitt or somebody a little bit better uh coming out of the ACC but again not not nobody's there's no way to do this where all 28 teams participating are going to be happy with their draw you saying that about a true road game reminded me that it's time to start getting my mind wrapped back around what the quad numbers are yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so a true road quad mm-hmm. one is top 75 so yeah. I know the net's not out yet, but we do start thinking of those things even mm-hmm. now. Yeah, um, I'm most intrigued beyond the Miami-Kentucky game about Clemson and Alabama. Mm-hmm. I think um, Clemson is right on the verge. In fact, I didn't look at the AP Top 25 to see if they're getting votes or not this week. I would imagine they are, mm-hmm. right? You would I think, think they did, yeah. Anyway, like Clemson is playing well. They're at Alabama who just lost last week during Feast Week. Mm-hmm. I, as you said, super tough to go on the road and play, but um, Clemson has, again, experienced guys, Joe Girard, P.J. Hall, amongst others, right? And I think there's a good shot um, that they can go in there. I mean, certainly cover the nine and a half. That seems like mm-hmm. a line too big for me. Can they win outright? That's a different kind of question. Andy, uh, you know, Notre Dame, South Carolina, sorry, mm-hmm. I probably won't be watching much of that one. Mm-hmm. Outside of the ones we've already talked about, what else – intrigues you most in in these matchups i think the last one on 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 tuesday that really interests me is is lsu at syracuse and i was a little surprised syracuse is a one and a half point favorite uh, and i 
I think Syracuse is going to cover that, to be honest. I, they're at home. Uh, I watched Syracuse quite a bit in the Maui Invitational, and they, you know, they didn't per- they performed about as you would expect them to perform in the Maui Invitational, lost two games, beat Chaminade, uh, which is kind of what was expected of them as the kind of distant seventh best team in that co- in that tournament, which says a lot more about Maui than it does about Syracuse. But Judah Mintz is an absolute dude. Like he is, he's so good at getting to the basket. He's so quick. He's so he's got incredible touch. Like he's a really really special player, and I'm not just not sure that LSU is going to be able to handle him the orange need jj starling to step yep. up in a bigger yep. way they need yep. and he mcleod to provide any sort of offense he's really just a defensive player for them up to this point and maybe that's all he's going to be but to me i look at this game and i would i favor syracuse by four or five points like in my head and maybe i haven't seen enough of lsu i've watched them a few times i'm not super enthused about them right now and and i i, I you know i'm certainly going to have my eyes probably on on that Kentucky game, which starts half an hour later, but I, I'm going to be paying attention to Syracuse. I think they got a good chance to win this one and, and win it by more than more than a couple points. Here's the one other thing that's a little confounding to me is that Ole Miss is favored. I know they're the home yeah. team against NC State, but I feel like NC State, unless it's just because like when they had a uh, coach Keats got ejected mm-hmm. the other day and three players. I don't know if it's a thing of like maybe some of them are out. I haven't Concerned checked up about that. Yeah, um, checked up on that. And is this their first this will be their first game since then so maybe maybe they got some suspensions or something and that plays into the line but i don't i don't know about mississippi or old miss being favored in that one well isaac i think we got some really fun games to talk about on wednesday as well miami kentucky is, is a tough one to beat but there are some incredible games going on on wednesday as well we got tennessee heading out to chapel hill to take on the tar heels duke's playing at bud walton arena that place is going to be popping off in fayetteville we're going to discuss those two games and more after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, I love testing my skills on Prize Picks this season. It is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is insanely simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types, which is what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fo- fantasy sports app. It's literally just you against the numbers. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and just watch the winnings roll in. Right now for Thursday night football, Price Picks has Dak Prescott, 273 and a half passing yards against the Seahawks, folks. I've watched the Seahawks defense. If you've watched the Seahawks defense and you've watched how Dak has been playing the last couple of weeks, you're hitting the over on that one every single time. I think Dak's throwing for 300 plus against the Seahawks on Thursday. So I'm taking the over there. So folks, if you want to get involved, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use that promo code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Isaac, let's talk Wednesday evening slate of basketball games between the ACC and the SEC Challenge. We got seven fantastic games in this slot. We also got one more fantastic game I'll shout out right here, Colorado at Colorado State. That's going to be a really, really fun game. Two teams kind of right on the periphery of being in the top 25. When you talk about in-state rivalries and you're fighting for a chance to get ranked, man. That's going to be a really fun one. It's definitely not a part of this ACC-SEC challenge, but man, really, really good basketball game going to happen there. 
Isaac, I want to read. Uh, we'll do the same thing. We'll flip it here. I'm going to read you the games, read you the lines here real quick, and we'll kind of pick which games that we want to talk about here on Wednesday. We start with number eight, Tennessee, at number 16, North Carolina. Again, that's using our rankings for Locked On College Basketball. That game's taking place at 7.15 Eastern time. Uh, we don't have FanDuel lines for that one, so we're using the Ken Palm line, which right now favors the heels by two points in that one. That's going to be a fun one. We got Texas A&M at Virginia starting at the same time, 7.15 Eastern time. That'll be on ESPN2. Uh, the Tennessee-North Carolina game will be on ESPN, so you can have both those up. Virginia's favored by one there. Same time slot, 7.15 Eastern. Again, you got Florida at Wake Forest. ESPNU for that one. Florida's favored by four. And then in your, when you finally move on to the next game's time slot, that 9.15 Eastern slot, you got Duke at Arkansas, number seven ranked Duke, playing at Bud Walton Arena against the Hogs. ESPN, Duke favored by three. Same time slot, Boston College at Vanderbilt. That's on the SEC network. Vandy's favored by one. Then you got Georgia at Florida State. Again, also at 9.15, ACC network. Florida State favored by five. Rounding it out, Virginia Tech at the Auburn Tigers, 9.15, ESPN2. I believe our biggest spread right now, Auburn favored by 10 against the Hokies. Isaac, what stands out to you? What do you got? What are you looking at here on a really, really fun slate of games? Well, what's tough, Andy, is I'm very excited about all three matchups in the first time window, and I'm mm -hmm. only really excited about one matchup mm -hmm. in the second time window, so I wish they had split those two and mm -hmm. two, whatever. Um, the, the most exciting one for me is Tennessee at North Carolina. There, there are all these historic games with Rick Barnes in North Carolina from back when he was um, in the ACC. Mm -hmm. um, but here, here's maybe the hot takiest thing of it for me. Because of what we've seen, or I guess more uh, appropriately not seen from Arkansas yet, mm -hmm. the game I'm second most excited about on Wednesday night is actually Texas A&M at Virginia. Um, I know Virginia is out of the top 25, at least ours right now. I can't remember mm -hmm. if they're in the AP top 25 or not, but um, they're still a strong team. They've got, um, you know, Texas A&M coming in who just lost to FAU in the ESPN events and invitational, but then stormed back as we talked about on yesterday's show to knock off Iowa state yeah. and did so without Henry Coleman, without Tyrese Radford. So uh, I haven't looked to see injury updates yet on those guys, if, if they might be available for Wednesday or not, but always tough to go into Virginia and play. So I'm really intrigued by that game. Definitely going to have it and the other two in that time frame up at the same time. But let, let me not uh, make it seem like I'm not super amped about Duke and Arkansas. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of the reason that the Arkansas folks were coming for us like crazy preseason is it was right after Arkansas beat Purdue in that preseason exhibition game. A lot of that had to do with a raucous atmosphere inside, as you said, Bud Walton Arena, which um, our, our host of Locked On Razorbacks, John Neighbors, had helped sell out, which Coach Musk gave him a, uh, like, hey, if you help us get this sold out, you can come to our Halloween party. <laughs> so that was a whole awesome thing, and it happened. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think because of that atmosphere, that's going to make that game better but i ultimately i think duke still walks out of there with the victory i do too but i'm really excited about this game for the same reasons you mentioned that place is going to be absolutely rocking arkansas has the talent they have the athletes they have the personnel to beat duke there's no doubt in my mind that they have the pieces to do it they have not played like a team capable of beating a team like duke 
They have not played like a team capable of beating a lot of teams in the top 25, which is why they're not in the rankings right now. Right. They struggled against Stanford. They have, I mean, the pieces are, are there, but they, they haven't put the puzzle together yet. I think it's very clear when you watch this team, there's a little bit of, they're just disjointed offensively, more isolation basketball than I think you'd like to see floor spacing, which was an issue last year. It's still an issue for them this year as well. Uh, but the talent is there. When, when that guard room is is cooking, when those guys find their roles, which I think is what they're struggling with right now, we know Tremont Mark is a big scorer. We hope he's healthy enough to play in this game. Of course, that's a huge storyline coming into this matchup. But you know, what, what are we going to see from L. Ellis? What are we going to see from Jeremiah Davenport? What are we going to see from these guys who haven't really stepped up uh, in a significant way for Mus's team yet? Because you're going to need them against Duke. I mean, you're going to need those guys to score the basketball and they're going to have to score on Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. And they're going to have to get to the rim. And Duke is, is so is a well-oiled machine at this point. I mean, they haven't, they're not perfect by any stretch, but they are a lot of returnees, you know, not as much newcomers on that roster. Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Proctor, Jeremy Roach, like that's a team that has the pieces that have all been around. They've all played together. And I don't think they're going to be as phased by this road environment because they're not a bunch of freshmen. They have, of course, you know, Jared McCain and Sean Stewart and and guys who are going to go in there and be a little wide-eyed because of that environment. But I think Duke has the personnel to and, and the talent and the discipline uh, and the coaching to win this one. And I think Arkansas has the athletes, but I'm not sure that they have the pieces fully where they need to be to secure a victory here. But I, I think it's going to be a fun one. And Andy, obviously, we do have to say a word, and then we got to get to our trivia Tuesday uh, about Tennessee at North Carolina. I mean, yeah. this game is going to be incredible. Often you think about a Rick Barnes team, how physical uh, they play, and a North Carolina team that's typically labeled as soft and how that goes in a really bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina, interestingly to me, looked like they're they're a tougher team this year yes. in, in terms of like pushing back. We saw that against both Villanova and Arkansas last week. And so I think those things helped get them ready to play Tennessee. Interestingly, this all-time series, Carolina leads it 10 to 2, which is pretty bonkers. But the last time they played, Tennessee blew out North Carolina. So we'll really curious to see what happens in that one. Andy, got to get to our trivia Tuesday. Got to see how you do with this. As a reminder, here's the question. In the 24 years of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, which five teams, either conference, had the most wins? So okay, it's not winning percentage. This is just flat-out number of wins. Total number of wins. I'm going to start with Duke. That's correct. They are number one. They are, had 20 wins. No um, one is touching that number, by the way. Not I'm even close. Not surprised. I'm going to go Carolina second, though. You would be wrong. They do mm-hmm. not make this list. They're, They're just not the top outside. five? They're just outside the top five. Because keep it, think about like the matchups, right? It's always like best teams, best teams, and on down. So, um, Michigan State, Michigan State's not on the list either. Oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. Let's see. Um, Wisconsin, no, man, I suck at Michigan. No, Ohio State. No, I'll tell you this there is only one Big Ten team on this list, and they're really, really, really highly ranked right now. Purdue. Yes, they are tied for fourth with 13. I wouldn't have expected Purdue no. to be quite that high. Uh, so the, the rest are all ACC schools? Uh-huh. Okay, let's see. Um, Pitt? Nope. Louisville? Well, no, because they, no, they, they went in. They haven't been in the ACC long enough. That's yeah, they haven't been in the ACC long enough, so it wouldn't be them either. So Man. think classic ACC teams then. Classic ACC teams. Um, well, not Q's then either. Yep. Um, Virginia Tech. 
No, but shorten that up a little bit. Uh, NC State, Virginia. There you go. Virginia is tied for second with 14. That makes sense. No NC State? No NC State, but there is another. The other ones, I'm struggling. (laughs) Uh, Wake Forest is tied for second with 14 wins. How about that? I thought of Wake Forest and I skipped over them. I didn't think they would have been in there. Exactly. I think a lot of it is matchup dependent again. And then also tied with Purdue for fourth place, which makes them top five, is Mm -hmm. Clemson with 13 Mm -hmm. wins. So, Andy. Multiple schools on this list I would not have expected. Multiple mm-hmm. schools not on this list that I would have expected. So I, it's a little bit of a, a head scratcher on that one. Thanks so much for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen today. It's been such a joy to be with you. Uh, folks would love to hear how you did in today's trivia question. Uh, if you would, go leave us a review on iTunes. Wild, we're climbing back up those uh, Apple charts, and so would love for you to do that. Again, reminder, come join our Discord. Would love for you to chat with us in there. It's going on all day long. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and we'd love to hear your comments on this inaugural ACC-SEC challenge. As always, apologies to the lawyer family, although Purdue was on that list, Andy. <laughs> Go Wildcats, and until tomorrow. Peace. Peace.